Yes, this is Village Vice. I'm Zach Blackerby. Brad Law typically with us, <laughs> but we are bringing in Auburn quarterback legend, Jason Campbell. Jason, thank you for being our first uh, official guest on Village Vice. Appreciate your time, my friend. Man, no, I appreciate y'all having me on as the first official. That that means a lot, you know. And, that, and, that, and, and I didn't say unofficial. I said official, yeah, Jason. Official. So, I, you know, I, I got to take that with, you know, with a lot of strides. You know, I, I appreciate that. Of course. Of course. So, I think there's been so much attention, so much drama, so much controversy mm. about this quarterback battle that's been happening at Auburn over the past few weeks. You know the position better than anyone. Where are you with all of this? Because you can kind of make the argument for Peyton Thorne with his experience. You can make the uh, argument for Robbie Ashford with his athleticism and upside. And you make the argument for Holden Garner just a beautiful, smooth ball when he when he lets it go. Where are you in all of this? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I just did this today on uh on my podcast, Believe in Everything Auburn. Uh, when it comes out this week, I think everybody should try to tune in because I went in depth about the quarterback position. Uh, I was actually there this Saturday at the scrimmage, and, and I tell you what, I know Coach Freeze wanted to say after 10 days he was going to narrow it down to two. But if you get to the 10th day and you're still undecided about it, then no one's pressuring you to have to say, I got to make a decision now. So I think, you know, it's in his cars to just say, let me play along with this a little bit longer because just because you're having a quarterback battle and you haven't picked a quarterback doesn't mean you don't have a quarterback. You know, a lot of people like to say those type of things. That's not true. We're just in a situation where you got two experienced guys. You got one guy that no one's really seen play at all since he's been in college. And he's kind of made some headway and he's kind of turned some heads and, and now have put him himself in a position to to be in the fight but when talk you think about holden, about holden gurner yeah it's about right. holden gurner yeah so yep. when you talk about you know peyton and robbie you know peyton is a guy that's had two years of starting experience uh you know he's had 11 win season at michigan state before you know robbie played last year in, in a tough environment a tough situation uh had some highs had some lows but learned a lot but when you think about those two guys Robbie should already already be five months ahead of Peyton when it comes to knowing the offense because he's been here since January when the coaching staff got here. Right. Peyton had to come in this summer, so he's got to learn a lot more quicker off the field. But then also, he's only been in practice for real less a little over a week with these guys. So he still has a lot to build from a chemistry standpoint. He still has a lot to, to, to learn from as far as getting practices under his belt because the other two guys got a full spring. He didn't get a full spring in this offense. So that's why I say just prolong it a little bit longer and 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 see what happens. But Zach, where this decision is going to be made, it's not going to come out of a scrimmage. It's not going to come out of, you know, what we see in the stands from standing on the sideline on Saturday, it's yeah. going to come down to coach freeze and coach Montgomery looking at the film from day one, all the way to week three of, of practice. And they're going to say to themselves, who was the most consistent quarterback in getting us in the right place, getting us out of bad plays, running an RPO system, making good decisions with the football, keeping us on schedule. That's what it's going to come down to because somebody can have one good day, one off day. And, mm -hmm. and so you have to base it off the consistency is what it's going to come down to. Yeah, and that probably plays into Peyton Thorne's favor, right? Because I mean, Robbie, we've seen the highlights. I mean, I mean we're all thinking mm -hmm. about you know, that throw he made to Javarius Johnson in, in the Iron Bowl. 
It sounds like he had an incredible throw on the run, a touchdown pass to Dick Mardner Saturday during the scrimmage. His highs are very high, but we also see his lows being very low. And it's like if he could just somehow average it out and even it out, he'd be a spectacular quarterback. Do you think that plays into Peyton Thorne's wheelhouse? Or do you think, no, Robbie can elevate his game and and get to that point? One thing about Robbie is he's definitely improved this offseason. And like Mm -hmm. I tell everyone, when someone comes in to compete for your job, it immediately gets your attention. And, you know, he's definitely been putting in the work. He's more healthier now. He doesn't have the shoulder that he was dealing with most of the last part of the season last year. Uh, the thing about Robbie, he could be a huge X factor because of his running ability. When you talk about the RPO game, the reason Lamar Johnson and the, I mean, Lamar Jackson and, and uh, Jalen Hurts and those guys are so good at it because they're elite skill to run. Those backside ends got to stay home. They got to pay attention. They're not overflowing. Backside linebacker got to stay home. You can't overflow because the tendency of that guy keeping the ball. And then if you do overflow, the tendency of hitting a quick slant or curl or a quick post route right behind it because that's part of the RPO game. Now, if he could improve and if he can put it all together, he could be an elite quarterback in this league and nationally. Now, with that being said, if Robbie's the starter, he's the starter. If he's not the starter, he still plays to me because the simple fact he's too talented not to make other teams have to prepare for something else. you got to put him in a game and not in the game just to run the ball, but in the game to let him run some bootlegs, run him, let him run some passes, put the whole offense in front of him. So when he comes in the game, teams are not just sitting there saying, okay, watch out for the run. Let him let him throw it. Let him do everything. Have packages for him. If he's not the starter, you still need packages for him. Make a team spend an extra two to three hours per week practicing on how do we defend this kid when he comes in the game. Now, Peyton's your guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Peyton is more of your guy to try to keep you on schedule from the passing game. You know, try to keep the offense decision making sometimes of trying to stay on schedule. Uh, you know, he's not as looseness as Robbie, but the whole reason you know he's supposed to be. Who he is is because his leadership ability and because of the way that he can deliver the football quickly and make quickly and accurate and accurate throwing the football. That's what sets him apart is the information that you get is his accuracy when delivering the football. Now, all that being said, where's Holden Gurner in this? No one knows because we haven't seen him play in a game. You know, in practice is one thing. So I expect early in the season, UMass, no disrespect, Sanford, no disrespect. If you get big leads and you're playing the other two guys, Cal, no, him not, again not throwing Cal into this, Jason. I just wouldn't throw Cal into this because I think Cal is a very important game that you have to win, and it's hard to win at playing yeah. multiple quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I say that is because we got that gauntlet of a schedule coming up with AM, Georgia, and LSU back to back to back. Brutal. And you got to be going into that AM game knowing who your guy is and then having a plan. You know, if Robbie's not your guy, having a plan to involve him in games, because like I said, he's too dynamic to stand the entire game on the sidelines. Now, if Holden's not the guy, then Holden's probably he's learning. But guess what? Holden still got years. So, mm-hmm. you know, so he can still learn. But there but you have to find a and way. And Robbie to does, too. He can play. Jason, yeah, I mean, that's Robbie kind of the beauty years. of this, too. I mean, Robbie. Right. You know, if he loses it and he's just kind of a role player and, you know, a wildcat type quarterback or a guy that has packages with Peyton starting, you know, Peyton could play really well, get drafted mm-hmm. after this season or right. move on or whatever he wants to do. And then Robbie could be the guy after that and be set up to have a really solid year in this Hugh Freeze offense. I mean, the, right. the exactly. future of the quarterback room is really, really bright. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We're not having a problem that we had the last two years. You know, like you said, if say if Peyton has, if he's the guy, he starts and have a great year. Like you said, he moves on to the NFL. Now you still have Robbie and Holden there, and then you also got Walker White coming in, highly touted quarterback. You don't have to put pressure on him to play right away. Like he can have an opportunity to learn a system. Robbie has one more season at that point in time where he could yeah. have a good year and vote for the league. Now it comes down to Holden and, and Walker White moving forward. So the quarterback position is lining up the way you want to line up for years to be to the point where you're not starting over. You always have a guy that's in the system that you can throw in the field. And I feel like with either one of these guys, Auburn can win this year because I look at Shane Hooks. I look at getting a transfer of Brian Batie. If you haven't seen him, oh, holy cow. You know what this electric. kid did in scrimmage on say He's electric. You know, he's intense. Uh, when you talk about, you know, Jay Fair, I know he didn't have a big scrimmage, but, you know, his consistency, consistency up to that point, he, he's a dynamic athlete. He's a guy. So they're going to have an opportunity to put up points on the board this year consistently with either one of those guys at quarterback. And don't forget, you left out a quarterback there, Jason. The baby goat, Hank Brown. <laughs> that is a big boy. Let me tell you what. Don't uh, don't count him out. I think he's going to have a bright future as well. Jason, I want to get your thoughts on Auburn's defensive backs. I think they're still criminally underrated. I want to get your thoughts on that as well as um, you know what's going on with OTV these days. We'll discuss all that in just a moment. Right here on Village Vice, we are vibing. And look, preseason football started, and if you need some plays, get in on the action, go to lanceslock.com, L-A-N-C-E-S-L-O-C-K.com. Right now is the best time and the best price to get on the monthly and annual packages. Sign up today for the best deal at lanceslock.com. Also, you can get top-of-the-line golf gear and amazing hoodies by visiting Roback.com. Dot com Use promo code TNR, stands for the next round, TNR, at checkout for 20% off and free shipping on your first order. That is using promo code TNR at Roback.com. Jason Campbell joining us on Village Vice today. I love Auburn's defensive backroom this year. Oh, yeah. And I'm usually pretty high on Auburn's corners. Don't get me wrong, dating back even to Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. Those guys were special. But when you look at DJ James... And you look at Nehemiah Pritchett. I love moving Donovan Coffin from nickel back to safety. I think that's his more natural position. I just think the upside for this room, Jason, is really, really solid. And so you're able to put yourself in the mind of opposing quarterbacks. What would you look at if you were watching tape on these guys and saying, wow, they're what? What do they do well? Well, I would say that they're they're dynamic. And the reason I say they're dynamic is because they got guys that can flip-flop positions. What I mean by that, Jalen Simpson was a guy that was a corner mm-hmm. uh, a year ago. Now he's moved back to safety. So that adds depth to the corner position too because if something happened, knock on wood, if someone comes down with an early injury, uh, you know he can plug back into one of those positions because why? You have Keontae Scott, who is another dynamic player that's probably going to be – as good as the two starters before it's all said and done. You know, this guy can play nickel. He can also Mm -hmm. play outside. So he's a guy that can flip-flop inside the nickel, outside the corner. That helps Nehemiah. That helps DJ James, especially when it comes to these big receivers. If you you have big receivers, you can neutralize that sometimes by using some of these other guys. And when you run a dime defense, when you got, you know, DBs out there on the field, you got – 
five DBs that you can put out there at one time that you know for a fact that can go and play and 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 can uh, make a difference. And these guys are ball hogs. That's the other thing. When you look at DJ, you look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a little bit of a bigger corner. DJ is more of a, a ball hog. And like I told him I, this year, I said, look, if you get your hands on some balls and turn some of them in last year that you had a chance to convert into touchdowns, dude, you can write your ticket. And the thing is, this defense will have an opportunity from a secondary standpoint to yeah. either play man coverage because they have the quickness. And that all depends on what type of pass rush you get. If you feel like you rush the passer pretty good, then you can go a lot of man coverage. I'm if concerned feel, about that, by the way. I'm right. concerned about the pass rush. Yeah. So if you can't get pass rush, then you're probably going to play a little bit more zone defense, which can still be of help. You know, saying you take a little bit of the athleticism away from the guys when you do that, but you still put them in a in a zone coverage where they still can play their area of the field. So I feel like this is the deepest depth at the position out of all positions is our defensive backs room because you got Crime Doll back there, you got Zach back there. Both guys understand what that position takes. But then my my X factor outside of Keontae Scott is Kyan Lee. You know, Ooh. this guy has been exceptional since he stepped foot on campus all you hear is the great things about what he does and, and who he is and just getting to talk to him personally about his grandparents you know being so involved in his life and helping raise him this kid plays with a chip on his shoulder and i expect him to see a lot of playing time this year uh regardless because you you're going to be building him up for the next season but jd rim where did he fall into this this was a highly touted guy to Val Dawson high school was doing really solid last year when he was presented the opportunity to Zach, and he hadn't been able to practice because of injury where does he fit in when he come back this room is so deep i expect a lot of our freshmen to get redshirted uh rightfully so and then but these veteran guys it got to be carried this year. Zion Puckett, he's thick, he's strong, he looks like a linebacker, but can he run does. like a corner, you know. So it's deep, man. It's very deep in a pass happy league where you got to have those guys that can make plays on the ball. I'm excited about that aspect of our team. I'm with you. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned JD Rem because when he got the opportunity early under the previous regime, they put him more at nickel. And this regime seems to use him more at outside corner. And so, you know, I think there's more questions about that nickel position than corner. I wonder if we'll see more uh, J.D. Rim in that regard as maybe more of a backup role there versus being the fourth or fifth corner. Uh, I, I just feel like he would offer more out of that roster spot as a backup nickel versus, you know, a fifth or sixth corner on this team. All right. Yeah, I, I, I expect so. I, I'd like him. He'll probably play a little bit with Keontae Scott in there, that nickel position. Yeah. Because I expect Keontae sometimes to move outside in certain situations uh, based on who we're playing or, or what's going on because they have to spare each other, especially early in the season where there's a lot of plays getting ran at you. These teams like to run up-tempo offense. So everybody's going as quick as they can. you got to have two deep and rotation ready to roll and rock and roll after every five or six plays uh so all of these guys gonna see early playing time especially early in the season uh, i think getting Kyan lee i think if he shows a lot of confidence early in the season i think once jd rim is healthy i think you're right i think he will play a lot more in there with keontae scott in that nickel position uh mm -hmm. subbing him a little bit so it's a good problem to have we're deep we're loaded at that position and a lot of veterans Jason, you do a lot of stuff with, with On to Victory. You're very involved with them. Auburn's an IL program right now. Mm -hmm. It seems like Auburn's really picked up momentum on the NIL front. Can you give us an update on that? 
Yeah, we picked up momentum. A lot of that is people getting excited. They actually see like what NIL is doing, you know, how it's helping the landscape of our student athletes. But also, like, if you want to be in the game, if you want to have a chance to compete for championships, you got to get involved with NIL. And uh, and I think a lot of it is a lot of our players is, is the reason why a lot of these kids want to come to our school because we're not able to communicate with the high school kids until they get here and sign here. But our players can just go off a spear. So like, hey, this is what our NIL is about. This is how they take care of us. You know, this is how they support us. And I think they enjoy that aspect of it. But then they get around the Auburn family. And they see what Coach Freeze is building, you know, what the team is building. And they see these coaches and stuff because when kids come on campus, your team and your, your players basically recruit the other players to come and play with them. And, sure. uh, and I think that's what's taking what's, – that's what's transpiring is you see the effort where it needs to be in recruiting. We haven't seen that, let's be honest, the last two years. Like, and the Have effort we seen is there. it before that? I mean, I don't think the previous right. regime recruited this hard. Yeah, this is this is really hard. Like we got some top 10 classes with, with Gus when he was here um, and everything. But, you know, I think it's a lot more attention now is that because the simple fact is we had fallen to the bottom when it got to, you know, this area, this recruiting area and everything. And the potato and, famine was a real right. thing. Jason. <laughs> exactly. So we're now rebuilding it. So when you see these four or five stars now coming to Auburn, you know, this is going to be something that's on the regular. You know, it, it, you know, this is something where Freeze was known for his recruiting. Sure. You know, when he was at Ole Miss, I believe he had the top class one year in, in all of college football. Think about that at Ole Miss. You know, so it's the environment that you build. On to Victory has done an outstanding job of supporting the student athletes. More people are getting involved because they're starting to see results, results proven. But what's going to really help is we start seeing wins on the f football field no and then more people will want to get involved because now they see the product and the product producing wins, which now make it fun for you to come to football games and cut the TV on and watch the Auburn product. Jason, has there been any conversations with folks that maybe approached you guys or maybe approached Auburn themselves and said, look, I'm going to give, you know, I I've historically just given – whether it's the Tigers Unlimited to Auburn right. directly, are folks kind of asking you guys what's best for the program now, or are they kind of doing that on their own? Yeah, that's the difficult part of it because, you know, a lot of people for years have given to the school. You know, mm -hmm. you want better facilities. You want, you know, better parking. You want, like, better suites and, and different things like that. Where yeah. now it's like, okay, NIL is involved. How do you miss the two? In order to competitive, one, we're not competitive. You know, uh, Tigers Unlimited does a great job. They still have to get their donations to improve the improve the facilities and the things around Auburn. But yeah. NIL has now you have to share a little bit of the revenue because, you know, it's, it's just as important. If you can have all these nice buildings, you can have all these nice places that you pull up to. But your product on the field is not there, then it's irrelevant. You know, so you want to be able to still be involved in having access to, to build great things and make it a, a great experience when people come to the games. But you also want to make sure that the product on the field is there, because if the product on the field is there and it's producing and you're winning, guess what? Hotels win. Restaurants win. You know, the school wins. Everybody wins at that aspect because podcast people are win, coming. Jason. Yeah, podcasts win. Yeah, because people are coming into town and then people want to get involved. They want to, yeah. you know, they want to come in and have this experience. So, you know, at first, when it first started off, it was really difficult because people didn't know how to do the two. 
and was okay. the two very competitive. Now, understanding that, hey, both are very important. We need to support each other. And that's the only way that this thing is going to get better and it's going to win. And sometimes it's tough when you have to, you know, when you have to try to decipher, like, okay, what's more important right now? Is it more important for us to put a huge scoreboard on the north end zone? Or is it more important for us to still try to support NIL right now until we get our program back to where it needs to be? So all of it is great conversation. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing what happens over the next. But a lot of people that was on the fence about NIL are now starting to get off the fence and starting to, yeah. to see what it's doing and, and how it's happening. So it just takes time. Man. Anytime there's change, you know, you have to give people time to, to, to figure it out and figure this is what they want to be a part of. Yeah, more talented players, better than any scoreboard I've ever seen. Jason, <laughs> one last question, and I'll let you go. And thank you so much for your time here. Who wins the quarterback battle right now? Ooh, you had to guess. Man, ah, uh, you know what? I would say I, I'll say this: uh, being at the scrimmage on Saturday, mm -hmm. it's always something to be said when the first quarterback trots on the field with the first team, and you know Peyton Thorne trot on the field with the first team and everything. And I think at that point, that kind of tells you what their mindset is. But then after the scrimmage and everything, and you see how Robbie performed, you see how Holden Gurner performed. Yeah. I think now it makes you go back and say, okay, let's reevaluate this whole thing and everything. Instead of trying to hurry up and make a decision, let's make sure we make the right decision. And and everything because whoever wins the battle, the battle's still not over. You got to still come out and win some games. Sure. So I can't really just say who I think You're it is. You're not gonna give me a name. You won't give me a name. Be. I just can't do it because I would be doing a disservice to the I other understand. two guys that are that are in competition. And I think right now I'm not there on a daily basis to see who's being consistent. That's gonna come down between Coach Freeze, Coach Montgomery, and uh, and everything who's being consistent. Jason, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, what you call this show now? The Village Vice? The Village Vice. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, our, our first week. Brad Law and I. Brad Law had some technical difficulties. We'll be back hitting it hard tomorrow. <laughs> but, yeah, hit that subscribe button on the, the War Damn Pods YouTube page. And uh, we'll be back later this week. <laughs>